Tenth anniversary is called the Tin Anniversary. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the Built Different Podcast. This is episode ten, and it's Super Bowl time. Yes. So as we film this, we're we're a few days away from the Super Bowl when this episode comes out. Um, it's gonna come out on a Saturday. It's gonna be the the morning before the Super Bowl, morning afternoon. Depends if I eat my my Wheaties or not, you know, the night before. But you know, you know, we'll definitely see. But the Super Bowl is here. My Eagles are in it. The Chiefs are in it. Bill, what is up, man? It's it's funny that episode ten falls on the Super Bowl, but yeah. we're here, and I'm pumped. happy ten anniversary here. While somebody will be hoisting the Lombardi <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, this is what it's all built up to. We've really put off talking about it as much as we can because we've both been so excited about it. We wouldn't be able to talk about much anything else. So uh, we'll still hit on a little bit of the around the NFL stuff. We'll still hit on some other stuff that's not directly Super Bowl related. Uh, but by all means, this episode will be focused on the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, with the seasons they've had, uh, they really worked very hard to get here earn their spots and shaping up to be a really exciting game. Yeah, man. And we, we got a, we got a fire episode for you guys today. You know, obviously we're here to talk about the Super Bowl, but besides that, we're going to touch a little bit on the coaches. We'll touch a little bit on the 49ers, touch a little bit on the bears, you know, give you some, some cool betting props from the game. We got a bunch for you today. So, so let's dig, uh, let's dig right in. First, before we go around the NFL, I want to set the scene a little bit here. I want to really talk about the stakes that we have. Tom has picked, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the past 14 Super Bowl winners. 13. Thir- 13. 13? Oh, he's going 13. for 14. Maybe yes. I'm the, the, the psychic <laughs> here predicting a 14th correct in a row. Wow. But Tom has picked 13 Super Bowl winners in a row correctly. Whether or not 14 Pressure. happens is based on something that he's going to reveal for the very first time tonight during the episode. I don't know who it is yet. Got an idea. He's an Eagles fan. But we don't know for sure until that ball drops, uh, which will happen later in this episode. Without actually telling us who you're picking, because we'll get into that. Tell us a little bit of the story about how this streak started, when this streak started, and how it's still going today. Yeah, so I mean, basically, I think it was the, uh, I think it was when the Giants beat the Patriots the second time. I realized that I had predicted four in a row. That's that's when it started. So the the first one um, was when the or my bad that was that was the third one in a row. But it all started when the Saints beat the Colts. That was when I finally understood what I was talking about um, when it con- when it came to football. And for me, you guys gotta you gotta look at the script. I'm not gonna go through every single one, but let's start with the first one, right? The Saints when they won the Super Bowl, it was for Katrina. It was for Hurricane. Katrina. There was no way they were gonna lose. I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm not saying it's rigged. But how I go into this is, can I picture said team winning? And whose story is really being, you know, pumped, you know, throughout the whole season. And at that point, it was Hurricane Katrina. The, the two, the two uh, seasons before that, I was wrong. I didn't think Brady was going to lose to the Giants that first time. And I thought the Cardinals were going to beat the Steelers. But I was a big Steelers um, hater. So thankfully for me, 
the Steelers never won again after that, or I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about this streak. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, the Saints got that one right. You know, the Packers beating the Steelers. Um, that was just, again, you know, me being a Steelers hater, but you know, it's gotten me this far in life. So we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep riding that wave. Um, the Giants, uh, that was mainly me being a troll. Um, and then the rest of them, there was actually, you know, some actual good, you know, insight on. Um, so like, you know, for example, last year, the Rams and the Bengals, I mean, come on, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, um, you know, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. It, it just, I could not picture the Bengals winning that Super Bowl and they lost. They almost won, but they lost, you know, the, the year before that, um, I could not see Mahomes beating Brady. It was just, you know, the, the script was written for Brady. That, it, that just was what it was. Um, the, the Chiefs, I mean, come on. If, if you really thought that Jimmy G was going to be sitting there hoisting the Super Bowl trophy up, NF, no shot. There, there was no shot that was going to happen. And then the couple before, I mean, Jared Goff wasn't <laughs> in the ring. Like, I think Jared Goff has a chance with the Lions. But with the Rams, he wasn't hoisting up the Super Bowl trophy. Um, and then Nick Foles, like, part of me was being an eagle homer, but at the same time, it was like the story was just way too good for it to just end with a Super Bowl loss. So mainly, can you picture that team actually hoisting up the Super Bowl trophy? If it's Jared Goff or Jimmy G, no. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So the common theme here outside of can you picture – Jared Goff being able to lift a trophy, Jimmy G being able to lift a trophy. The common theme is essentially the script. Now, the script is the magic word in the NFL recently. We heard I love it, it all day through the Pro Bowl, which is awesome. Uh, but when you say script, I want to know if you feel that these things are actually scripted out and if that can be pulled off by all the NFL players, by the refs, by the quarterbacks, the coaches, whatever it might be. Or when you say script, you just mean fate. Well, by script, it's just like NFL, it's it's a big story game. Like you get it's not what like I'm a asking, series. Is this WWE? Or no. is this Okay, no if if you want a straight answer, no. The NFL is not fake. It's not scripted. Um, who said it? Was it uh, Andre Johnson? Whoever, whoever said it, then Larry no. Sure. They, there's too many people involved. Someone would yeah. say something. A whole bunch of other people would agree. The whole sport would get thrown away. There's no way it's scripted. My reasoning for the story is because the NFL is a momentum game. It's a big momentum game. It's not like the NBA or the MLB where you get a whole series. You get to really see who's better than the other team. I mean, it takes a lot. Like, I mean, you've seen it this year, yeah, with the Phillies. It, it takes a lot for a team's momentum to actually carry them through series. You don't see that a lot in MLB. But NFL, it's one game. It's For me, it's just big story-driven. So that's – I don't know. NFL isn't fake. It, it'd be too hard. It'd be too – I mean, it's do I think that maybe the refs sometimes get messages into their, their headpiece? Hey, you know – you got to do this. And then they keep it between themselves and Roger Goodell. Maybe there's probably been situations where that's happened. I mean, 
you know, with the with the NBA, you know, do I think that that that's happened? Yes, I mean, yeah. but at the end of the day, do I think the whole overall thing? Do they sit there at the beginning of the season like, oh yeah, it's gonna be the Eagles and the Chiefs, and it's gonna be no? Because if it, if that was the case, we would have seen the Bills and the and Tom Brady duking it out right now to to end the season because that's what everyone would watch. So right, right, yeah. yeah Tom Brady wouldn't be retired just yet, and uh, I agree entirely. I I think. If this is how the script was written, it, they did a piss poor pretty job boring. because <laughs> they left us with some pretty boring games over the championship weekend. So yeah. that has to be peak excitement as you le- lead up to the Super Bowl. So either that or they just need to hire some better script writers. I don't know what, hap- what needs to Josh happen. Josh Allen just couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. matter what. But it's unreal it's unreal so let's just do a quick lap around the nfl let's talk about some open items that we have hanging right now uh we're getting close to wrapping up the coaching carousel it's coming to a halt but not before two more teams name their starting or their head coaches not starting head coaches uh we have the cardinals and we have the colts that still have not named their head coaches yet we were talking a little bit earlier today and I really can't think of any reason why the Colts wouldn't have a head coach right now if it weren't for them trying to figure out how to explain in a press conference why they're hiring Jeff. one Jeff Saturday. Jeff Sunday. Jeff Sunday. <laughs> so what do you think is going on in Colts Nation right now? Why do you think this is open? And do you actually believe that Saturday is going to be their guy? at least for the coming year. I mean, I, you know, well, when it comes to the Colts, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're just really stuck as a franchise. I really genuinely think it's more so they really don't know what direction they want to head in. And I think they're being really careful about this. If it is Jeff Saturday and they're sitting there like every day, like, ah, how do we explain this? Um, That would be nuts. But at the same time, I just think the Colts, they just got a really weird roster. They have a top draft pick. It's its not an easy choice, especially when Sean Payton didn't want anything to do with the Colts. Jim Harbaugh didn't want anything to do with the Colts. D'Amico Ryans chose the Texans over the Colts. And, you know, Frank Reich t- chose the, the Panthers. I mean, I mean, why would he choose the Colts anyway? If, well, I'll cut that out of the, the thing. But... Um, <laughs> But, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of stuck where they don't have the best options, but at the same time, the options that they do have, they do have to be careful because they don't have the best roster. I mean, you you got Jonathan Taylor in a dream. So yeah. um, you're, you're not allowed to fumble these high draft picks in the NFL. You don't yeah. get them that frequently because there's so much parity in this league that even the bad teams have a good chance of winning four or five games. You do that. And you're not going to end up in a position to draft the quarterback of the future, period. Unless you're willing to trade the ranch to get into the top three, you're not often going to be there. So it's tough. And like you said, they they have to get this right. And they kind of already can't. Their second interviews are guys like Jeff Saturday, Aaron Glenn, Raheem Morris. They're guys that aren't really landing second interviews anywhere else so it's either that everyone else is wrong or the cults are wrong and give i also 
I don't think Jeff Saturday is that bad of a choice for this either. I mean, you know, either I I get it. He's not talented as a coach yet. <laughs> I mean, he has a long way to go. But we saw that he knows how to motivate a group of guys. I mean, there would have been zero wins, but he got one. He got yeah. one win, and that was the first the first time that he stepped on the field as a head coach. And past that, I honestly think it was a good idea that they lost every single game for the rest of the season. I mean, losing to the Texans the way they did, losing to the Vikings the way that they did, I would almost sit here and say that that was scripted, as if you know the Colts <laughs> blew those games on purpose after they realized what they were doing. But... When, when it comes to the Colts, I mean, I really want to be opposed to them getting Jeff Saturday again because, again, this roster is a mess. They might need another year to really figure out the direction that they're going in. They might need to take a chance with this draft pick, understanding that if the quarterback is anything shy from one of the next best things, they're probably going to have a really bad year and they're going to be picking at the top again. So, you know, with that being said, might as well just hire Jeff Saturday if he becomes a good head coach, great. You the the meme of all time is now greatness. But if it doesn't work out, okay, you get a top draft pick, you get another shot at this coaching thing. But do we think we're they're gonna win this year regardless? I in my opinion, I'm already crossing off the Colts. So Yeah. It, I'd I'd have to see some magic. Right. And Jeff Saturday has nothing but ma- a little bit of magic. It's not good magic. But he's got a little bit left. So I, I agree with you. I think they're in position to draft a, a top talent. And what I think you said it makes a lot of sense is maybe they do stick with Jeff Saturday because really, what do you have to lose? If he's a bad coach, he's not going to win many games. He's not going to coach you into mediocrity on his own. Yeah. If he does, then damn, that's promising for his future. Because that's not a super talented Colts roster. And if he can muster up 6-11 and 11 out of that, then that's promising moving forward. If he can't, guess what? You got another crack at it next year. Better luck next time. And hopefully there's a better market <laughs> for coaches because it sure ain't happening for you this year. And consider the fact that the Colts still haven't really rebuilt at this point because yeah. they went from Peyton Manning. He had a, a nightmare freak injury. Oh. You draft Andrew Luck with the same weapons that Peyton Manning had. Oh, guess what? Andrew Luck's actually really good. We don't need to tear down the whole roster. Andrew Luck does good. Okay, freak injury. Andrew Luck is out. And then you just cycled in a bunch of quarterbacks that were on their way out of the league that still had a little bit of magic and a little bit of juice left in them. The team still hasn't been rebuilt from the ground up. So I... Here's your chance to maybe do that. But I also wouldn't be shocked if we end up somehow seeing Derek Carr there with a different head coach. Right. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Exciting offseason. <laughs> We're going to talk about all that plenty uh, throughout the offseason. But moving to teams that are more recently eliminated than the Colts, uh, we got quite a bit of 49ers airwaves getting out there uh, over the past week. Uh, we got a comment that I want to talk about from one Christian McCaffrey. Uh, how and who he's rooting for for the Super Bowl. He hopes both teams lose. So you got to appreciate when the saltiness comes out. I think that's just one of the more fun parts of the game. It's not even just from him either. It's their kicker. Um, they the Fred Warner. Uh, they like so many of these 49er players have came out. Like the saltiness 
is insane. And I don't understand it because it's like just dying on the hill that your quarterback got hurt. And that's that. He got hurt on the first drive, come back next year. But instead, they make it seem like it was a a last drive ref throwing the flag, you know, kind of deal. And it really wasn't. It just wasn't even. You guys just showed up and got train rolled. And, you know, it sucks. Like, obviously, uh, one thing that I think does change from this, I think we do change the emergency quarterback rules a little bit. Uh, this is something that existed before and then got eliminated in favor of having an extra man available on the overall roster. What it used to be is you name an emergency quarterback. He's your third string quarterback. And if you put him into the game for one snap, then your first two quarterbacks are no longer available for the rest of the game. I could see that coming back. I could absolutely see that coming back. But also with the concussion protocol and everything now and having to pull quarterbacks out, like there could be some wacky rules coming up. I I think they could change it pretty drastically. Uh, But I do think we have a coming because of that. Because honestly, it wasn't good for anybody. It wasn't good for the Niners. It wasn't good to help the Eagles actually prepare for the Super Bowl. And it certainly wasn't good for the fans. It wasn't good for Brock Purdy being out there with his – freaking noodle of an arm just one 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 hit and we're probably talking about a guy that can't play football anymore right right so it's unreal i i can't i can't believe it happens still and we talked about it last week so we won't dwell on it uh but quick breaking news before we continue with the 49ers stuff i just saw that kenneth walker finished with the most first place votes for offensive rookie of the year but garrett wilson takes home the trophy uh, with 18 first place votes to Kenneth Wilson's 19 uh, because of more second place. Second place. Votes. Yeah. So that's a new rule. That's the first time that's ever happened because of a rule change. Uh, so congrats to Garrett Wilson. He had a hell of a year. Uh, the hell Jets of a year. offense would look very promising if they had a quarterback, but they don't. So on to the 49ers. Uh, so also a comment that we got uh, from George Kittle. He named Brock Purdy as he basically said the quarterback position on the 49ers is Brock Purdy's to lose. Who do you think in week one of the upcoming season will take the first snap of quarterback for the 49ers? Trey Lance or Brock Purdy? I mean, Brock Purdy. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, it's it's kind of like he didn't – It's he didn't lose the job. I mean, he got the job and he did well. I mean, it's not – it sucks for Trey Lance. I'm, as you know, and people that have watched our episodes know I'm a huge fan of Trey Lance. And I still, I believe, honestly, this year that if Trey Lance had gotten his legs under him, that this 49ers team would have actually been unstoppable to the levels that the Eagles were unstoppable. And then that NFC Championship game would have been actually very unreal. Um, but we didn't get that. And now I don't really know what we're going to get from Trey Lance because now this is another year that he really didn't get to play. Um, and it really, I mean, it sucks for him because it's really, I mean, yeah, it sucks. It was just a freak injury at the beginning of yeah. the season. But, you know, I think the 49ers should hold on to him, though, um, because Brock Purdy, we, he needs a whole season. Yeah. We, uh, my point to the Brock Purdy thing was that I didn't believe in Brock Purdy because it's this third string last draft pick 
just coming up out of nowhere and he's just he has nothing to lose himself so again with that huge offense he's looking to prove himself he didn't even think he was going to be there and there there you have it you that's that's a starting quarterback in this league right there so yeah. i would yeah i mean i i agree might as well give it to purdy i mean it depends how he comes back because his arm the, the ucl t- on your throwing arm it's, 49ers in a rough spot they they're gonna need it's gonna be another situation where it, it could be funny if they retain jimmy g as, as their third quarterback but they're going to need a third quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. And if last year wasn't an example of that, I mean, they're they're really going to need a third quarterback. Because, like, Brock Purdy, we don't know how he's going to come back because that's a torn UCL on your throwing arm. Trey Lance still doesn't have more than, I think, like three or two or three starts in one season. It's just not – you, you got to have a third guy. Like, yeah. Joe Flacco would probably be, like, perfect to insert into that. Yeah, plenty of guys, and ultimately, if if they're that good at identifying quarterback talent, then shit, grab one in the fifth or sixth round, right? So uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Brock Purdy, you're right. First off, you don't know how he's going to return from UCL, but also traditionally, the NFL is pretty damn good throughout the league at figuring out who the talent is coming out of the draft. Given, I mean, that does take into consideration that 31 teams passed up on Jalen Hurts, 31 teams passed up on Lamar Jackson, 31, 31 teams passed up seven times on Tony Romo, for example, like undrafted <laughs> guys that end up doing great throughout their career. And it's not going to be perfect, but there's a reason why everyone passed up on Brock Purdy so often. So he might not be the highest ceiling guy. And frankly, this 49ers team just cannot be this good for this long outside of the quarterback position, uh, especially once they have to pay somebody, whether it's Purdy Lance, whoever else, maybe they don't pay anybody ever. And maybe they just ride it, the rest of the team. If but, I'm saying Fran, I'm, I'm what I'm doing is I got to stop taking these chances. Honestly, the thing that's really got me mad about the 49ers is that they kept taking these chances with Jimmy G, hoping that he'd give them a full season, get into the playoffs, and magically, you know, you know, flame it up in the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, when when Trey Trey Lance went down last year, they again they they relied on Jimmy G to get them all the way to the end, and then they were stuck with Brock Purdy, who it ended up actually working. What I would love for San Fran to do is just say fuck all this and just go get a top quarterback. Just do yeah. it. This team, like you just said. This team is not going to be like this for too long. They may have, you know, may, we saw the Rams, how fast they declined. Yeah. There could be one year left. There could be two. There could be three. But why do we keep taking our chances with these quarterbacks? Go get yourself the best quarterback that's available. Give them Trey Lance. Give them, give them picks. Let Brock Purdy be the backup. He's a solid backup. Right. You have nothing to lose. Because in my opinion, George Kittle took a big step back this year. He wasn't, he's not the George Kittle that's, you know, just dominating every single game. You got to watch out yeah. for him. That That's the first step. Now, Debo Samuel is starting to show decline. That's scary because we all know Christian McCaffrey doesn't have a lot of years left either. So, yeah, we'll talk to 49ers a lot more during the offseason, just like everything else. I, I think there are distinct reasons why we saw less from Kittle, less from Debo. And ultimately, not quite the ceiling from CMC even either. Uh, So, again, we'll dive 49ers 
very deep at one point down the road. Uh, but to wrap it up, I did want to talk about one other thing and the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, we have the number one pick that miraculously went to the Chicago Bears after the Texans end up being. They were probably Saturday praying school. they got number two. They yeah, were praying they it, got number two. It's insane. But uh, with that pick, Justin Fields has informed the media that the Bears have not informed him of where they're going with that pick yet. Whether they're going quarterback, they're going elsewhere, or they're what? trading the pick. Now, I mean, <laughs> if he's talking about it, it means that he shouldn't know because he's a liability to giving away strategy. The fact that we've heard this much, but uh, do you feel that's fair to Justin Fields? Do you think that they should stick with Justin Fields? And, you know, just overall thoughts. What do you think? I like Justin Fields. Um, I said it during the season that he's shown that he finally now has the ability. But Justin Fields also needs to remember who he is. He can't throw the football. He is a runner. He is Justin Fields. I mean, yeah, if we give him some weapons, just like we can give any quarterback weapons, (laughs) they will be good. But my thing is, is like the Bears, they don't have a team at all. No matter what they do in this draft, they are going to be bad next year. Unless they miraculously turn this pick into some right-now talent that's going to turn this team around right now, they're going to be horrible. And they're probably not even sure that they want to go forward with Justin Fields like past a couple years anyway, unless he turns it around himself. But well, yeah. what, do you, what do you think? Because I'm just... No, no, I don't, okay. I, I'm confused. I'm just as confused about this Bears situation as he. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fair. You're not in that organization. You're not supposed to have clarity. He should. <laughs> I think whatever they're doing, unless they are drafting a quarterback, has to be communicated to him effectively. But to me, if they truly haven't talked to him yet, that's a confidence burner. It's not going to help your organization to not be honest with him if your intention is to trade it. If your intention is to draft a defensive tackle, if your intention is to go anywhere but quarterback, or your intention is to keep him, you need to tell him that because that could give him the confidence he needs. Now, the other thing is maybe they're playing it the opposite, where a quarterback like Tua Tango-Vailoa needed confidence going into this past season. Maybe they need to kick Justin Fields down a notch. Because he's done some things that he's confident well, they got in. The number one, they got the number one pick in the draft for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it, it wasn't Justin Fields. I'll say that. Well, yeah, he but... is the most talented player on that roster. And whether or not they know how to use that is a different story. Whether or not they have talent that can match that and, and get the most out of Justin Fields might be a different story. I was dead wrong on Justin Fields. I came in probably on the first episode of this talking about how bad this dude sucks. And I bit my tongue quickly when I saw him play the Dolphins. He went off on the ground, but still went off. And he showed that he can throw the ball enough. It's he doesn't have to be absolute Jalen Hurts here. Jalen Hurts ends up, I don't know about leading league in completion percentage, but he was very close if he didn't. Justin Fields doesn't have to be that guy. He can be middle of the pack and all these other stats and running the way he was running. He was doing it in a way that in theory shouldn't get him hurt. He was doing it the the way I see, you know, 
Lamar Jackson do it, Jalen Hurts do it, not the way I see Josh Allen do it, where you take these unnecessary hits. I think it's sustainable to have Justin Fields as your guy, but I don't know. I think they're off to to a weird start of that after he does good for one year, and then all of a sudden they don't want to commit to the guy. It's not the move I'd make being noncommittal to him. I'd kind of let him know either way unless, well, not either way. I'd let him know if he was going to be my guy. So maybe this means that they're looking at a quarterback with the first pick. Well, what do you what do you think before we move on um, to the good juicy stuff that we're going to move on to? Um, what do you think the Bears should do? Because in, in my opinion, I think they could get more out of a trade for Justin Fields than they could get for that first pick anyway. Because Justin Fields, you know what you're going to get with him. A team could have the weapons that would make Justin Fields a next level quarterback. I would almost, if I'm the Bears, I would almost trade Justin Fields for get the quarterback and get a whole bunch of stuff around that new quarterback. Yeah, you know, it is very hard to say because teams don't trade for quarterbacks very often. It's, I don't really know what his value would be, and I don't really know what the first overall pick value would be. Uh, because we've seen things like the RG3 trade where Washington absolutely gave up the ranch to get into that draft spot. Or the Browns and, with Baker. Yeah, same deal. So, you know, the pick I've seen be sold at absolute premium. The quarterback, you don't see it as often where it's really garnishing such a high price tag so i don't know i have a hard time trading away justin fields when i know you can trade away that number one pick for a lot but in a weird draft class where you know it's relatively deep and there isn't necessarily a single quarterback that's that much better than the next and the next i don't know if you're gonna get what you want from it so you really gotta take your best guy available and i think if that means you end up with two quarterbacks in the room so be it if your guy is Justin Fields, great. If your guy is whoever you pick up, if it's C.J. Stroud, also great. I think if you're just taking an extra lottery shot at maybe the best player in the NFL, which every quarterback prospect has the chance to be that, generally they're not going to be. But, you know, I think it's a shot you got to take if no one's willing to really pay the right price. So quickly before we get into the real juicy stuff, we got a few more awards uh, that have come out. Uh, The Jets do end up cleaning house on the rookies. Uh, So Sauce Gardner, as expected, wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, The Defensive Player of the Year goes to one Nick Bosa, uh, just as we talked about the saltiness. And the Offensive Player of the Year goes to one Justin Jefferson. So – all makes sense. Uh, everything is pretty much as expected right now to an extent. Cool to see a wide receiver get it. Jefferson had a hell of a year. Uh, it's for a weird, very weird Vikings team. But Pay the man. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have given him offensive player of the year, to be honest. I think it's hard to not give it to uh, one of these quarterbacks that have led their teams to a lot of success. But I like it, though. I mean, I, th- I feel like because the MVP is just the quarterback's award, if we're being honest. I mean, yeah, we had our Adrian Peterson and, you know, other 
scenarios, but I'm fine with it. I mean, if Offensive Player of the Year gets reduced to, you know, a non-quarterback award and, you know, MVP goes to a quarterback and they just, you know, they leave it as as the unwritten rule, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Because yeah. Justin Jefferson, like you said, I mean, it was nice that he got that recognition for top five MVP, but we know he's not going to win the MVP and no one's going to remember him as a top five, you know, right. MVP guy. No, no one remembers that ever. I don't even yeah. know who Aaron Rodgers beat last year to win the MVP. So it was Josh <laughs> Allen, but yeah. So one more comes in. Uh, D'Amico Ryans takes home assistant coach of the year. Uh, so we also have salute to service award going to Ron Rivera. Uh, we've got a few that probably don't need to be mentioned on here. That was probably one of them. So uh, with that said, let's dive into the moment we've all been waiting for. Super Bowl 57. Eagles versus Chiefs. First, let's take a look at how we got here. Tom, I want to throw this over to you. Walk us through the roller coaster of the season that the Eagles had. Yeah, I mean, not really a roller coaster, but kind of, you know, I mean, a pretty that, smooth roller coaster. Yeah, the, the best roller coaster you could ride on, you know. Not many loops, it. not much downhill at all. <laughs> But, but hey. I mean, you know, coming into the season, you know, the the Eagles, they they had a good team, um, but no one knew how exactly good because a lot of it was going to depend on Jalen Hurts. Um, a lot of it was going to depend on how actually good this defense was going to be. And a lot of it was going to depend on will A.J. Brown, you know, smoothly, you know, dissolve into this offense. Guess what? All those answers were checked off as yes. And it was just great. I mean, in the beginning of the year, there was some close games. A lot of people were talking, you know, trash about the Eagles. Like, oh, they're barely beating these bad teams. And it just was what it was because we just didn't lose. Um, and then, you know, the we got to the end of the year. Uh, fatigue finally set in. Jalen Hurts got hurt. Um, he put the hurt into the Hurts name. It was a little scary, but... A quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you have to just figure that he's going to get hurt at some point, whether it be a minor injury or major. Thank God it wasn't uh, major. It was minor. Unless he just reveals after the season's over, ah, I tore my whole shoulder, but I'm I'm a gangster. I played through it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I, the season, there was just no real – it was just every single game was just it – was, it was good. It was beautiful. It was nice to see. The playoffs, we got we got there. Uh, Gardner Minshew even got a couple of starts, a couple of losing starts, made things interesting. Um, you know, leave it up to the Eagles. They're nice guys. They they made things interesting at the end. You know, it, it didn't have to be, but they made things a little interesting. Get into the playoffs, and there hasn't been a game close. Just completely barrel rolled over the Giants and just completely steamrolled the 49ers. Like, that was honestly – I didn't think there could be uglier than that Giants game. Yeah. And then we got that 49ers game. And here they are. You, we got Jalen Hurts horribly singing the, the Fly Eagles Fly, and we're here. <laughs> and welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Now let's hear this roller coaster that is Kansas City. <laughs> so this one had a little bit of a roller coaster feel to it, and here's why. AFC West, during the offseason, ends up loading up on outside talent. A lot of people come in. Tyree Kill goes out. Travis Kelsey getting a little bit older. 
Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the weapons that he's used to. He's the got challenge. pretty much a whole new wide receiver room. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't really proven himself yet and doesn't end up doing so. Defense has some question marks, starting a lot of rookies. Uh, they flip over 20, 20 players from their 53-man roster last year. Chiefs are picked by a lot of experts that might not really be experts to finish last in the AFC West. Imagine. That does not happen. Instead, the Chiefs go on to win all but three of their games, losing only to the Bills, who they don't end up getting matched up against, despite the script really being pointed toward that direction. They lose <laughs> one game to the Bengals, who end up talking a bunch of trash and calling it Burrowhead and everything else, end up avenging that loss in the playoffs. And they lost to the Colts which we're just not going to talk about because how the hell did that even happen? So with only three losses on the season, they get into the playoffs matched up against the Jaguars. Mahomes ends up hurting his ankle. And this game is all of a sudden a lot closer than it probably should have been. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence keeps the Jags in it, but chiefs get it done. Then chiefs versus Bengals. There was all the trash talk. And as we know, uh, the Chiefs do avenge that loss from earlier in the season. So now the Chiefs have absolutely silenced everybody that wonders if Mahomes is really just a product of Tyreek Hill getting Kelsey open and Kelsey getting Tyreek Hill open and Mahomes just taking advantage of people that are open by 10 yards. Instead, turns into a bit more of a dink and dunk offense that still ends up averaging one of the highest yards per completion in the NFL. So offensively studs everyone plays to their full potential throughout the year uh we've had wide receivers go up and come down and everywhere else mid-year trade to the giants for Kadarius tony which could prove very helpful for this super bowl especially as miko hardman ends up on the injured reserve who is really the only holdover from that entire receiver room uh so now you have three new guys that are going to be out there during the Super Bowl, uh, and it hasn't been a consistent starting lineup for them all year. But guess what? They still get it done. So in the end, we have the number one seed in the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs, who many picked to finish last in their division. That ends up with a very good chance to hoist that Lombardi at the end of this, this season. So that gets us up to speed for anybody that wasn't paying attention. It's hard not to at this point, but uh, you didn't watch any football for the rest of the year. You, now you don't have to go back that, and rewatch it all. And that's the thing that I admire about Patrick Mahomes is that like every season has it's felt like a new challenge for him, and he's just risen to the occasion. You know who else said that reminds me of? That reminds me of one Thomas Brady. And we know we know the comparisons. We know the similarities there. Oh, they're um, just starting you know. now. <laughs> Say that again. Those comparisons are just starting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of those over the next few years, even. Let alone, yeah. you know, I, what really has to happen for Mahomes to prove himself for that is if this Chiefs team takes a big dip, and then he's able to pull them back. Uh, so as of right now, with Everything else, you know, that, that goes into the mix. A lot of credit can go to Andy Reid. A lot of credit can go to Travis Kelsey. A lot of credit can go 
to some of the defenders. Even Frank Clark is in, is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And we'll talk more about him in a moment. But ultimately, if, if he has all this consistency, this is a Chiefs dynasty right now that we're kind yeah. of talking about. With and, only one I mean, Super Bowl, but still, it's a it's a Chiefs thing right now. Whereas if that team dips and then he comes back up, then all of a sudden it's a Mahomes thing, and this guy is really potentially one of the greatest that ever did it. Well, the thing I want to point out too is as great as Andy Reid is as a coach, we all love Andy Reid. We all love the burgers. We all love that he's fat and he knows it, and it's just one of the greatest things ever. I love Andy Reid, former Eagles coach. No hate against him. He didn't win. He didn't get over the hump until Patrick Mahomes was a thing. Yeah. I mean, he had amazing teams in Philly, and he had amazing teams in. I mean, you know, granted it was Alex Smith, but like he, granted he had really good Kansas City teams, but he couldn't even get out of the first round with Alex Smith. So, I mean, when Patrick Mahomes just comes in, and now all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes MVP, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is he. Is he going to be better than Tom Brady? When all those are being said, I kind of have to look more, a little more at Patrick Mahomes. And I think this year really, really solidified this for me. But like you said, dynasty. I mean, the AFC has ran through them the last five seasons in a row now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he's at least been in the AFC championship for five seasons in a row. He hasn't yeah. necessarily made the Super Bowl. and As we know, the Bengals even got there last year, but still has made the AFC championship. He's one of the two teams standing at the end of it where 14 teams are sitting home watching him play on the AFC championship. Uh, Then that's wild. It's never happened before for five years in a row uh, for Brady or for anyone else. So unreal. And by all means, we could sing Mahomes praise for the rest of this episode (laughs) in all likelihood, but let's not do that. Let's also take a look at the other side of the ball and what we're going to, just get through all around now. We're going to do a position-by-position breakdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. That can wrap up our Mahomes talk for the quarterback side. But let's take a look at the other side of the ball. What does Jalen Hurts bring to the table? And at the end of that, who do you give the edge to for quarterback, Mahomes or Hurts? So, I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, I don't want to say he's a product of the system because he's not. I mean, we saw what happens when Jalen Hurts isn't playing, but I do think it is a little bit more of a, you know, a complete team effort because if we look at this team without AJ Brown last year, you know, that offense struggled when it mattered most against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, Jalen Hurts looked awful (laughs) when, when he played a good defense, but you know, Jay, Jalen Hurts, I mean, come on. We we know the guy. We love the guy. The guy can run. The guy can pass. The guy can get through tough situations. He can convert almost every fourth down situation that you present to him if you let him go for it. He's the definition. I mean, well, I, I want to say the definition of clutch because he wasn't really handed too many clutch situations this year. Um, but the guy that. rose to the situation. I mean, he was benched in college. And yeah. rose to this point still. Yeah. A lot of people have fallen off with a lot less. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and you, go ahead. To me, you there is not enough time to talk as highly as we can and should of Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, there's nothing left for him to prove where going into this season, it was a genuine question whether Hurts or Minshew 
were going to be the starting quarterback. I'm not saying it should have been a genuine question, but it was one that was asked. And Hertz has proved proven himself time and time again, week in, week out, and you saw how much that team crumbled when he's out. You really, really thoroughly understand now the importance of Hertz to that team. And they love him. The city of Philadelphia loves him. He's the man for that team. I got to give him a round of applause because Absolutely. it's it's still hilarious to me because when when we're sitting here and I thought it was, again, the most stupidest argument ever when the entire fan base is arguing, should we move forward with Nick Foles or should we move forward with Carson Wentz? And I'm just sitting there like, doesn't matter. Like, Nick Foles, we know, is not a starting quarterback anymore. And Carson Wentz is fool's gold. So, I'm glad that Jalen Hurts existed and became a thing. Because I think the Eagles genuinely, genuinely got lucky. Because they weren't even going to pick him up with that draft pick either. They just got the hunch on that night. They got the hunch when Jalen Hurts dropped as far as he did. They just got a hunch to trade for a pick and get him. Yeah. And the rest is history. But if you want me to pick who's better, I have to I have to give the edge to Mahomes here just because again, you know, Mahomes has less of weapons around him and he's doing more. I mean, he's thrown for more yards. More than likely, Mahomes is probably our MVP unless they do go with the, you know, the Hurts story, him being, I think, 14 and one when he started this year, um, in comparison to the 14 and three that Mahomes was. But I, I got to give it to Mahomes. I mean, as a thrower, and I think that's what it's going to come down to in this game. Um, if the Chiefs are smart, they're going to make sure that Hurts stays in the pocket. They're, they're going to make sure of that. And if it's pocket Mahomes versus pocket Hurts, because the Eagles are going to do the same exact things to Mahomes. They're not going to let him, you know, run around and do Patrick Mahomes shit anyway. I don't think he does anyway because of his ankle, but... I, I think pocket Mahomes versus pocket Hurts. I think pocket Mahomes wins that nine times out of ten. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to give this to Mahomes. So I'm right. going Mahomes as well. I, I do think Mahomes gets a pretty sizable edge here, uh, one that may end up offsetting some other discrepancies. So ultimately, it's you can't go against this guy. There's no quarterback in the league, and this is no fault to Jalen Hurts. Mahomes is just the best there is right now. And he also has tremendously more Super Bowl experience than Hertz does, which is zero. So you got to really give him the edge on so many different parts of this. The question is, do, do either of them, with the injuries that happened pretty recently, do either of them go down? If they do, let's say they both go down, just real quick, who do you have? Who do you give the edge to as a backup, Minshew or Henny? Minshew. <laughs> well, I'm going Henny here. I think it it's be a product of the situation more so than the player themselves. Well, I, I have am... to if if we're gonna do the product of the situation, I think at that point, if we do get a miraculous situation where it's Minshew versus Henny, I gotta look at the team at that point, and I think the Chiefs okay. are dead in the water at that point. You know, I. Maybe I am kind of stretching the boundaries of the question a little bit when I give that to Henny. I've just seen Henny do it with this yeah, team for sure. in the playoffs. I haven't seen Minshew do it with this Eagles team yet. So it's 
a product of what have you done for me lately as much as <laughs> surrounding team. So sure. I'm giving it to Henny either way. Uh, but I think you're right. I might've stretched it just a little bit with that. So well, I mean, I think to say it, to save, to save a little time. I mean, I think we can both agree that the receivers um, in the running game would go right to the Eagles. Right. So, yeah, I mean, let's break it down super fast. I, I think the running backs are a lot closer. Yeah, for receivers. sure. Yeah, especially with the way Miles Sanders has performed so far in the playoffs. I love the way Pacheco's been playing. Yeah, Pacheco is a, a candidate for Good Morning Football's angry run of the week every week for <laughs> a while now. The man runs fierce. And I love it. I, I hope to see more of him. But beyond that, I think Jarek McKinnon is an absolute monster that they have not he unleashed showed. yet in these playoffs. We saw it very often in the end of the season where they were dumping off to McKinnon. He was making magic happen. And that's what I think has to happen when you have a hurt ankle. And we didn't see it from Mahomes. We didn't see McKinnon utilize. Given we had Pacheco on the field more often, which I have no problem with. But I think the at the number one spot, I do give Miles Sanders a slight edge over Pacheco, and I think we see more Sanders than we see anything else from the Eagles. But I think the next best running back out of the whole group is Pacheco, and the next best after that is Jarek McKinnon. So I would agree. Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott have both played phenomenal roles. Love them. Yes. Awesome. I, I, I like both players, so I'm happy to see them succeed in limited work, but I have a hard time really just shoving this whole thing over to the Eagles on account of Miles Sanders, which the Eagles don't always know how to utilize. So I would probably give this a draw if I could, but I know that's against the rules. So I will give it to the Eagles based on Miles Sanders and going three deep, whereas Ronald Jones is a non-factor. So you only really have two in Kansas city. Uh, So you're right. Long story that could have been shorter. Uh, receiver and running back do both go to the Eagles. So now we have quarterback, Chiefs, running back, receiver, Eagles, tight end, another no contest. Yeah. I mean, I, I love um, – yeah. Oh, yeah. Goddard's Kelsey. great. Yeah. There's, there's I mean, no, no I, question. I love, yeah. I, I love Goddard. Goddard is amazing. He's been what we needed him to be um, ever since Ertz fell off. Um, but you know, it's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, I would say the best tight end to ever play the game at bar none. And yeah. no disrespect to Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Gronk. It's just not close to me. He's done so much for this team and he is as much of the reason as Mahomes is almost as to their five AFC championship periods in a row. So uh, really, again, similar to the Mahomes situation, you put him up against any other tight end in the league, and it's clearly going to go to Travis Kelsey. So uh, unfair, but going Chiefs for tight end. So we're kind of 2-2 here. Onto the offensive line. Who do you feel takes the edge in the trench on the offensive side of the ball? I mean – being biased, I've seen it all year. I mean, the Eagles' offensive line has protected the hell out of Jalen Hurts and protected has let Miles Sanders have the, the year of his career going into free agency. 
Um, you know, it's even, it's even, it's gotten to the point where, like you said, Boston Scott has gotten to shine. Yeah. And Boston Scott, like, I love the guy, but for the Eagles before this year, he's just been the guy that's just been, if you need him, he's there. And it, it, it that's a guy that you love to have, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you want him in, you know, maybe, uh, you know, getting, you know, 20 snaps a game. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, though, because both of these offensive lines are good. Um, the Chiefs are going to have to really, re- really have a good offensive line yeah. out there for this game. But I got to give the edge to the Eagles just for the it's been it's been a part of our master class this year. Yeah, yeah, that might be the master class, honestly, that that's that Eagles offensive line is one of probably the best in the league. And I don't think just best in the playoffs or best in this matchup, maybe best out of 32 teams. Uh, they have been able to run over teams that shouldn't get run against. Uh, they just destroyed the San Francisco 49ers first ranked run defense last just two weeks ago. So it's Post really quarterbacks hard. got wrecked. Yeah, it, it was it was nuts. So the, that's the, why I wish I wish we got to face the Cowboys, man. I, I wanted that. So I wanted the Eagles versus the Cowboys so bad so that the they would have ran for 300 Cowboys on live TV. Yeah. So and really, they they have the chance of controlling this game to a point where this might be a very boring Super Bowl. If the Eagles offensive line really plays to their full capability, has a fully healthy game and just executes Nobody can stop them. The cool part is, if once we flip over the defensive side, we should have at least some excitement on it because both teams have absolute studs at defensive end, particularly, but the overall defensive line is very good for both teams. So I'll give it to the Eagles as well on the offensive line, of course. So let's flip right to the other side of the ball. <laughs> defensive line we have here. Um. Like to save to save yourself from asking me from you know the defensive line to the secondary, I got a clean sweep again with the Eagles. Again, just it's just a masterclass, so, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like the defensive line, they play angry. Like they like they just play angry, but they also play like they got something to prove when they have nothing to prove. But they play like they have something to prove, and it's just it's gross. I I pray that Patrick Mahomes has the offensive line that really doesn't get him hurt. And because you saw what they did. The first drive that Purdy was in, he got steamrolled, his arm destroyed. Yeah. And then I think it was like the third drive that Josh Johnson was in. I mean, he, Josh Johnson was getting steamrolled even before that, but yeah, he was. He it was. was almost similar, but then he got a concussion. Right. And then Brock Purdy comes back in and he almost got steamrolled again. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy, man. So I'll, I'll do a quick run through of mine then. So defensive line, I agree. Eagles all the way. Uh, They've first time in history, four players on the defensive line end with double digit sacks. Unreal. And that continues. But the Chiefs, have just about as much talent on their defensive line. Uh, when you look at Frank Clark and Chris Jones, both of those guys are monsters. 
and they could wreak just as much havoc as any individual on the Eagles. It's just that they're not four deep quite like the Eagles are. So that's why they, it has to go to the Eagles there. Uh, secondary, same deal. I'm going Eagles all the way. They've been shutting pretty much everybody They're spacing, down. like just no one can be open. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's they, scary. They've shut down elite wide receivers all year long, and they don't go up against one here. So if we're talking matchup in, in addition, then you got to give them the edge there. Uh, but linebackers is where I'm actually going to go, Chiefs. I like Nick Bolton and Willie Gay a lot. I think both Fair. of those guys could play huge roles here in shutting down that run game because Kansas City obviously can't just do that with their line against that stacked Philly O-line. So it, really, I think those are the two uh, X factors, if I have to, for the defense is Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and really how much they're able to do against that run game. Uh, so. Now let's take a look intangibly. I think we want to look at a couple different things. Who do you give the edge at head coach? Andy Reid or Nick Sirianni as it stands right now? Wow. Okay. That I didn't expect from you, Bill. You got me there. (laughs) Threw you a curveball. This might lead... Into my prediction later. Spoiler alert. Um, But Nick Sirianni has indeed, you know, done some bonehead things this year. Um, You know, he's still, you know, early into his, you know, head coaching career. I give it to Andy Reid just for experience. He's been here. He's been here a few times. And he's won the big thing before. I I, got to give it to Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy Reid has proven himself. I, I, Nick Sirianni, by all means, I really like the guy. He's great, I, think, I love him. I think he's gonna be good for a, for a good long while. Um, kind of goofy, charismatic. The team absolutely loves the guy, and that's honestly one of the most important things. It's existent on both sides of the ball, though. So if that is there on both sides, and then you have all the X's and O's that Andy Reid has had over the course of his illustrious career i i gotta give the edge to andy reed there now let me also ask which team do you feel is under more pressure the chiefs i yep. mean if you if you look at it realistically the eagles they should be able to bring this team back next year and they should be able to bring this back this team back the the year after that and the year after this team is young so yeah. for the chiefs though it's if the Chiefs lose this one, Patrick Mahomes is now one and two in the Super Bowl. Um, the window it's it's another year that Travis Kelsey is getting closer, you know, to his end goal. Um, the Chiefs don't have that great of a team after this year. They have some key free agents. I I think a lot of pressure on the Chiefs, a lot, but. Yeah, the Eagles. I don't want to say no pressure. I mean, their pressure is you guys are one of the best teams ever assembled. Can you get the job done on the biggest stage of them all? That's their pressure. But the Chiefs' pressure, it's it's a little more than that. It's like Mahomes' legacy. You know, Travis Kelsey. I mean, we've talked about it all year. Travis Kelsey's trying to cement himself as the greatest tight end of all time, and I think another ring would 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 do you know work wonders in in that case for him. Um, yeah. 
Andy Reid, if he loses another one, he's what one in one and three now in the Super yeah. Bowl. It's it, it wouldn't look good for the Chiefs, you know, if they right. lose. In my opinion gets LeBron treatment ultimately if you keep getting that close to a championship and wow. not bringing it home. So you know we know how much everyone hates to see somebody get this far and not actually take it home. Uh, so that's apparently worse than not making the playoffs at all. Uh, so realistically, I think you're right on a lot of different fronts there. I think it is a much, much, much closer to window to shutting on the chief side of the ball compared to the Eagles who not to mention have a top 10 pick in the draft this upcoming year. So the Eagles, I mean. are <laughs> like it, it's, it's not even close really to me. And they're a team that in theory is not supposed to be there. The chiefs are supposed to be there. And so the pressure from a lot of different fronts are is on the Chiefs. However, Eagles are the favorite. So quick fun fact, the Lions, which started off as a pick'em, has moved two points in the Eagles' favor, essentially. Uh it's anywhere between one and a half and two and a half, depending on when you've been looking at it. But I, I will also say that any time since betting statistics and Super Bowls have been tracked, uh there are 16 occasions where the line has moved by two points. And in those 16 occasions, the team that it moved toward is 14 two against the spread. E- Eagles being minus two would obviously win straight up. If they're part of that 14 team window that, that hit. Uh, so, you know, Eagles could cover minus two and join the majority here, or this stat could end up 14 and three. Uh, we're going to get Tom's pick pretty soon here. And we'll of course counter that with mine. Uh, but real quick, before we uh, get into the finishing touches on the Super Bowl, do want to just get a quick update on the NFL honors. Uh, we did get Brian Dable announced as coach of the year. Uh, that's a big one that could have went a few different ways, but congrats to Brian Dable, who did a hell of a job with a pretty Oof. rough Giants team. Uh, yeah. Big shout out for the AP comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, taking it home. Uh, so typically this is after an injury, uh, but not tonight. It goes to Geno Smith, who I like that came out of 4,000 4, yards. I mean, playoffs, who. Yeah. You know, he, he well, won the first half against the 49ers, you know. How about that? that <laughs> if the he, football was one half, we'd be looking at Geno Smith moving on in the playoffs, but. <laughs> absolutely. As we, were, as we were talking before the show, we got some exotic props here. Bill actually shocked me with, uh, with one of these. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Bill take this away. We're going to go yeah. through some props. We're going to give our answers. But one of these, I'm amazed, even ended up. A prop, but <laughs> absolutely. So I did the research on this. I know too many of the odds, so I, I'm ready to just shock Tom with with most of these. I did give him a little spoiler on the last one here. Uh, first, what color Gatorade do you think is going to get dumped on the winning head coach? You gotta go with blue. Like blue is the like they're they're not gonna come out with some real exotic flavor of Gatorade. So you got to think it's either gonna be red orange blue or that that lime that random lime color that they have and i just think blue is always the way to go it's just we have seen some that. serious odds movement on this orange was the runaway favorite at plus 400 before i brought any of this up and blue is now plus 400 orange has moved up to plus 300 
but yellow is now the runaway favorite at plus 165. That's disgusting. So I guess we might be getting yellow. Uh, so there's, there's been a history of the Chiefs dumping orange Gatorade. So maybe yellow has a little bit of eagle connotation. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, on to the next coin toss. Heads or tails? Same odds, believe it or not. No I'd script hope. on this apparently. <laughs> heads. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go heads. All right. Yeah. This is a cool uh, Super Bowl I'm, matchup, so I'll, I'll go heads. On to the next one. Will the national anthem singer miss a word? Mm-mm. That's that's a lot of pressure. I'm not gonna get political. I'm not gonna sit here and say anything. But there's gonna be a lot of pressure if they fuck up one word. They will hear about it. And I think they know that. So I'm going to go with no. <laughs> They're going to get someone that won't fuck up. It's Chris Stapleton. I got faith in my guy. But over minute 59. <laughs> Under. <laughs> I'm going over. I'm going over for that for sure. Uh, so which team's jersey will Drake show up to the stadium in? No, Philly hates him. It so if he matter. shows up in a Philly jersey, it doesn't matter. If Philly I, hates him. Does he hate Philly? He's gonna he's gonna show up in a Chiefs jersey because if he ah damn I don't I don't know I this guy logic, is one of the least would show up in a Chiefs jersey on the planet. But, you don't think he cares or or knows whether or not a city hates him. Well, he also doesn't – I mean, he had that beef with Meek Mill that's no longer a beef. But, like, at that point, I don't think we're going to see Drake singing Dreams and Nightmares with a whole bunch of people if the Eagles win. So That's fair. I, he I has, like, minus 300 to show up in a Chiefs jersey. So you're on to something there. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> over under on the number of times that the Kelsey Brotherhood is mentioned on the broadcast, two and a half – over or under? Way over. I'm I'm up into like eight, nine, ten territory because every like, especially late in the game, if the game is close or if the game is close early, they're gonna they're gonna show like their mom in the stand. Like you you know how they have set camera angles to keep going to. She will be one of those set camera angles by the end of the game. I'm telling you, like at the end of the game, she will be on our screen so much. And that's so honestly, as a parent, I'm I'm glad for her. Like that is awesome that she's gonna get so much TV time just because she birthed two really good human beings. That's fair. That's fair. Good good for good for them. Good for them. Now yeah. on to my favorite prop. And, and also, just real quick, I did juice that. <laughs> the over-under is actually set at one and a half, and it's only like minus 195. For Whoever one out one there can find that prop, take, slam the over, slam your house. That's your our lock of the one. week. <laughs> Go for Put it. it all on the over. Over one and a half for, for damn sure. It'll at least get talked about at the end when one of them's going to win, and there's no way it doesn't take the earlier, alt. Let alone if one of them gets hurt, which is the only way you, you don't see enough of them to get to that guaranteed guaranteed over so my favorite of the night and this is one that's genuinely offered i will give the odds first the yes i found is plus 2500 so not nearly as juicy as i was hoping the no is minus 15000 
<laughs> How can you have it be negative 15,000 and then the other side be plus 2,500? Because they're trying to make money, buddy. That's it. <laughs> Will Tom Cruise parachute into the stadium and hand deliver the game ball to the referees? Yes or no, Tom? If that's a prop, I'm just going to fucking say yes. yes and if I find that prop, there. parlay it with the Kelsey overs and you got yourself some money here. You got like, I don't, why would that be a prop if he's not going to do it? You know what I mean? If it's negative 15,000. Unreal. Unreal. It's like something Mattress Mac puts like $7 million on and loses. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up our exotic props. Let's dive back into the Super Bowl for one last segment. I was going to ask you about the X factor. Who do you have as the most important player on the field? Who do you think is going to either really get it done or really not get it done for each team? But frankly, we both agreed that Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts on their respective teams are clearly the X factor in any game they're in. So we're skipping to the Y factor. Uh, Let's take a look at who the next most important is for each team. And we'll each name one for each team. I'll let you start. Who do you have on the Eagles? I mean, on the Eagles, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. And the reason why I'm going to go with Devontae Smith is because, you know, the Chiefs are going to do what every other team has done. They're going to put a lot of pressure on A.J. Brown. Um, And if they're successful with that pressure on A.J. Brown, then it's going to be up to Devontae Smith. Um, Because I don't think the Eagles win this game with their running alone. I don't think they win. Like, I mean, yeah, they destroyed their 49ers with their running game alone. But do I think that they repeat that in the Super Bowl? No. Like, they're the Chiefs are. Andy Reid is smart enough to where he's going to have some kind of defense ready to contain Jalen Hurts, and he's going to have to throw the ball. And if A.J. Brown is not a target, it's going to be up to Goddard. It's going to be up to Devontae Smith, and Devontae Smith is going to have to get it done. If he's not on his A game, this could be a tough game. Yeah, I, I want to agree overall. First off, Devontae Smith, I liked him so much because I thought he was going to be a Miami Dolphin. But uh, I really think he – very close, very close. We went wild and said, and I got no regrets. But I, I like both players a lot. I, I love Jalen Waddle. Yeah, so offseason talk, a lot of that coming up. So with that said, uh, I am going A.J. Brown. I don't think that the Chiefs are really equipped to completely force it out of Brown's hands. I know we haven't seen a lot of A.J. Brown throughout these playoffs, but that's kind of why I'm calling him my X factor here. I think the Eagles offense is going to have to pass a lot more than they have so far during the playoffs. And A.J. Brown is going to be the benefactor of that. The Chiefs rank 31st in the league throughout the regular season in DVOA against number one wide receivers. So in theory, if they are going to pass the ball, A.J. Brown should be your guy. I could see him really having a hell of a game, win or lose. But he's a guy I could really break the top off of that defense, completely demoralize the Chiefs. And, you know, it, it could be game over after a few long balls to Brown. Now, who do you have on the Chiefs side? I'll be that guy. And I'm just going to say Travis Kelsey. And the the reason being is that it's going to, like, if Travis Kelsey doesn't have a good game, the Chiefs are dead, (laughs) in my opinion. If he has a good game, I think they'll be in it to the end. Uh, Win or lose, I think they'll be in it to the end if Travis Kelsey can find his way open 
He can find his way through the Eagles' defense because um, the Eagles, they're, they're going to have no choice but to put a lot of pressure on Travis Kelsey. So how he reacts to that is going to dictate what's, what happens for the Chiefs, in my opinion. And it might be a homer pick. It might be the, the obvious one. I know you're not going to go with Travis Kelsey because you're Bill. Bill gives us the great insight while I just give you guys the, you know, the safe answers. So. With that said, <laughs> honestly, Travis Kelsey is a pretty clear Y factor there. So I'm, I'll give you a Z factor just for giggles here because <laughs> you can't really match up to what that man is capable of and how he can control a game. But uh, the next best thing, I think Jarek McKinnon's really going to spell doomer, doom and gloom or – absolute fireworks for this Chiefs offense. And we talked a little bit about how he's been underutilized during the playoffs. We talked plenty about how Pacheco has to be the ground and pound and establish the run type of guy. But once we're in passing downs, which there will be plenty of, especially after some sacks, which will happen against the Chiefs, if Mahomes can survive those hits, which hopefully he can, uh, then, you know, third and long, McKinnon can be that guy that takes a screen for a long first down. And I think they're going to need to convert one or two of those in order to have a chance in order to even put three points up on the board at times. Uh, So if McKinnon and Kelsey both have good games, then it won't matter as much what wide receivers are out there. And we have a chance at some real offensive fireworks. If both of them can get it going just as if, Smith and Brown can get it going on the other side of the ball. So now that we've really analyzed everything head to toe, let's hear it. Who have you got? All right, man. So you gotta, you gotta look at the story here. Um, you know, I, I look at a couple of things, you know, the, the first thing, uh, the, the Eagles, you know, they, they had it kind of easy this year. I'm not – so, like, if I look at it realistically, you know, the, the Eagles should wipe the Chiefs' ass off the face of this planet. Like, that that should be what happens. But it's the NFL, right? And the, the couple things I look at is that the Eagles – you know, Jalen Hurts has not played his best, his best football since being injured. And on top of that, the Eagles haven't really faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes either. Um, so when it comes down to it, you know, Patrick Mahomes, one thing I want to point out is that Patrick Mahomes has been here before. I don't, I don't mean just the Super Bowl, but I mean, in a very lopsided matchup, we know what happens when he went, when we know what happened when he faced the Buccaneers a couple years ago and they had that God squad. So he's going to get another chance to do that. He's not going to have to, you know, do those crazy, you know, side throws and all that. I think they're going to be better equipped for this matchup. And listen, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but I have a streak to protect. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. But I will be rooting very, very hard for the Eagles. And I will not be mad if my streak ends. But I think I just I can't go against Mahomes. It's there. There's a part of me that wants and thinks that the Eagles are gonna win. But when when I look at it, I just don't think the Eagles are gonna win on their first try. I think they win on a second or third try. Um, it, everything is just too good to be true. I think, and then a lot of these too good to be uh, too good to be true stories 
every single time Peyton Manning got to the end besides the two that he won or, you know, Cam Newton or, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, there's just a lot of stories that back up the Eagles losing, you know, getting this far with this God squad, you know, Patriots going undefeated that year and losing in the end. There's just a lot. It's just a lot here. I mean, realistically, we just broke it down position by position and said the only things that the Chiefs have is, you know, quarterback and their linebackers. But (laughs) I'm going with the Chiefs. I think it's an amazing game. I just I think we're going to see a little bit of an underwhelming game from Jalen Hurts, because like I said, the Chiefs are going to force him to pass. Um, If anyone has really noticed, A.J. Brown is a little pissed. Um, We did not get that game that we thought we were going to see out of him last week. So we'll see what happens. But. Either which way, if, if the if the Eagles win, I'm gonna be a happy ass man. So, yeah, listen, a first time that you're announcing your pick on a podcast could be the jinx that you need to get this Eagles victory. Uh, but that's where I'm going. I'm I think the Eagles are taking this home, and I think their time is right. Love the sound of it. And you know something that we talked about is whose windows open longer and by all means I don't think the window slamming shut for the Eagles but I think this could be the best that they're going to be I think them losing Vic Fangio to the Dolphins is going to hurt that defense I don't think they're going to be quite as good and they've been absolutely great more sacks they're like top five in the history of the NFL in sacks especially once you consider throughout the whole postseason they had a chance at really breaking the record from my understanding uh, in this Super Bowl. So this is just the stars aligning a bit and they're so talented at every level of the ball. It's hard to pick against them. And when you look at what the chiefs have done and where they were picked to finish and, and the talent that they don't have at so many different positions and their defense, isn't the best. Steve Spagnuolo has done phenomenal job getting the most out of his guys, especially young guys. Uh, then, you know, I think this might be a case of the little giants by all means could get through each of their opponents that are in their <laughs> league, but the, the Eagles might not be in their league. And they haven't really played like they've been in the same league with anyone else throughout the year, given they haven't played any teams like the Chiefs. You're absolutely right. I think they will get shell-shocked in the first half. But, damn, I think... And and that's what I mean. And that's all it could take is that one one small thing could unravel for the Eagles and Mahomes could just ride ride off. and, And for me, it's... Like I said, can I picture Jalen Hurts holding up that Super Bowl trophy? This year, I cannot. What I can picture is Travis Kelsey having a fucking field day after winning. I can see that, that is too. The, that's the picture in my head that is the brightest out of all of the Super Bowl pictures. So much easier to envision that. You're absolutely right with that. And that's where I go with my picks. That's fair. <laughs> but here, let me show you the script that I was sent for this. <laughs> oh shit i've got i can't go back now <laughs> bill i've got you got set the script <laughs> forgot to tell you about this so Fuck. if you have the eagles getting punched in the mouth early i think it's going to be about a 20 to 7 lead before the eagles can wake up but you see it pretty frequently where the chiefs fumble the bag once they get ahead by a good amount 
and all of a sudden we got to rely on Mahomes for a fourth quarter, two minute left, 30 seconds left comeback, uh, which by the way, Mahomes was just named MVP. So congrats to Mahomes at breaking news as we're in the middle of singing his praise. But at the same Fuck time, that. while he's the master of that <laughs> comeback, that it's way too often that he needs to. So it's a mix of the defense letting the offense down a little bit in the second half, but also offense sputtering once they get a little bit figured out. Not many teams are used to playing the speed and the the just physicality that some of this Chiefs offense can bring to them. Eagles will be most prepared for it out of anybody that they've faced so far. It's the best defense they're going to face all year. So they can contain that punch in the mouth a little bit. And then all of a sudden, once the Eagles get their momentum, we might be looking at a 14-point or 17-point lead for the Eagles where it's too much for Mahomes to come back from. Or even if it's not that egregious, it you could really stop a ton of these Patrick Mahomes comeback, comebacks with one timely sack. And they've got a lot of timely sacks in them on the Eagles side. So I do fear for Patrick Mahomes' health in this game. I do too. Lie. I do too. So <laughs> I, I think this is the last thing we have to fear for it at this level because I think just the, the scheme and the coaching declines a bit next year. But still, I, I this year, it's the Eagles. It's got to be the Eagles. All right, man. I, I think there's only one thing left to do, and that's that's really to watch, you know, watch the game. Yeah. That that's it. You know, we're we're here. Super Bowl is here. This is again. I get to sweat and I get to you know be this. This is this is crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like the Eagles being in the Super Bowl again is just is just a blessing. Um, but you know, over you, uh, before we completely send it off, uh, this is not one that was part of the script. But Kansas City ribs or Philly cheesesteaks? Philly cheesesteak. I mean. Have you ever been to Philly? I I have. Uh, so have you had a Philly cheesesteak in Philly? Of course, of course. So I'm Pat's over Geno's, but you know mm. I've joined these cheesesteak gurus groups and stuff, and, and all of a sudden I'm learning there's a lot more to the world. I need to get me to Angelo's. I I actually <laughs> got a Blackstone for Christmas, and I I got the Cooper Sharp American cheese. I know what I'm doing over here. So and it's gonna be Philly cheesesteaks <laughs> all day on Sunday. Uh, so fair enough, man. Hopefully that brings in the Eagles victory for my bankroll yes. and for all the bets I've got going. Uh, hopefully your streak breaks for for your own sake. Uh, but man, above all else, hoping for a great game. Uh, we've had a great yes talking to you all. Uh, continue to like, subscribe. Uh, make sure you're enjoying all this content across all platforms. Stay tuned for plenty of shorts and everything as we're talking about Super Bowl. Uh, but more importantly, we got a great offseason of content planned for you. Uh, we really put a lot of work into this season in particular, but uh, just as much work has gone into preparing for this offseason. We're going to take deep dives into every team across the entirety of the NFL. We'll have draft specials, some, some combine action once this coaching Guests. wraps up. Uh, going to be a lot of quarterback movement. It's going to be exciting. Uh, this NBA trade deadline that was today. Uh, provided a lot of excitement, but we've got uh, the NFL free agency that's going to be just as crazy, and that isn't that NBA here. episode is a mess to plan, by the way. <laughs> but because <laughs> LeBron wants to break the record and KD wants to get traded and Kyrie, 
But either which way, you know, like Bill said, just want to say it's been a real, real, I get a little bit emotional saying it. It's been a real pleasure, you know, being able to do this podcast. Um, You know, this NFL season was great. Um, It's, it's been exciting all the way down to this Chiefs Eagles number one seed versus number one seed matchup that we're getting. You know, thank you everyone that's, you know, come along this journey with us. The journey doesn't stop here though. As Bill said, we have some amazing content for you in the off season. So listen to this guy. He's given you a lot of good advice when it comes when it came to DraftKings this year. So listen to his advice when he says like, subscribe, share, give some feedback, sell your souls, shout out to Belgium, all that good stuff because it doesn't stop here. The train ain't stopping. We love what we're doing. We know you guys love what we're doing. So we're not going to stop. So thank you for watching. Make sure you guys tune into the Super Bowl. I mean, that's all you have left to do at this point. And tune into our off-season episodes. Thank you. And last disclaimer, uh, follow my advice on the like and subscribe piece. Don't follow on Tom Cruise bets. But thanks for your time, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your Super Bowl. <laughs> have a good night.